You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, traders. Let's go ahead. Let's get it started right here on the number one morning show, pre-market prep. I'm excited to dive in today. We'll talk about the oil downtrend continuing. Will it continue? Will we get a rally back? We'll talk about that. The Euro banks, new lows again. We'll also talk about the US dollar and will it become in parity with the Euro? We'll keep watch on that. Pepsi earnings. We'll touch that. We'll touch Bill. Spackman or Ackman? Who knows? Looks like the SPAC ain't coming through, but we'll touch that. We'll also touch about Gap uh, CEO stepping down. Also, uh, some updates on guidance. We'll take a look at Rivian layoffs and Walmart purchasing some electric delivery vehicles. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you guys today. We also, of course, got Craig Johnson. Managing Director and Chief Market Technician at Hyperler Sandler's. So smash the like. Let's get it started. And welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. Let's bring on Joe Alconin and Dennis Dick. Let's take a look at the futures action, and hopefully we won't play like the Lions, but we won't get into all that. Let's take a look. How the future's looking, Joel? Uh, good news, bad news scenario. Bad news is we're down 18 and a quarter handles at 38.38.50. The good news is, is we're 18 handles off that low at 38.25. So let's 38.20.75. See if the bulls can make a defense of the pre-market low. Uh, crude back at double digits, down 460, 99.50. Uh, gold quiet up a buck 80 at. 1733 and a half silver futures under 19 dollars down 18 uh, at 1879 that is 34 cents bitcoin that's down 660 dollars at 19775 ethereum futures they're down 75 dollars at 106350 and since we're talking about parity in the euro, euro, look at that euro chart, Dennis. Holy macro. Maybe that's why those European banks are doing so bad. There's a lot of reasons those European banks are <laughs> doing bad. And the main reason, I think, is recession. But that is also why the euro itself is doing bad as well. So it's uh, that's the new problem, man. I mean, we had the, you know, we had the gross sell-off. We kind of just went through a lot of things. China sell-off, the gross sell-off. Now we're into the European sell-off. And I mean, just every single day you come in, Deutsche Bank making a new low on the move, $7.68, just quietly lost half of its value in the last two months. Stock was on February 16.70, down to 7.68. I mean, and you just look across the board, it's the same thing. We got some struggles over there. So 
lots of international worries here now too so it's an interesting market joel and if you want to uh if you want worries they've got them i don't know if we're going to climb the wall of them or not but that's to be determined tomorrow but today we're seeing a lot of rotation all right where should we start here with with the the rotation um, i think with the rotation yeah Yeah. uh, tech showing some early life Dennis made a good. You made a good call this morning. You're like, yeah. tax holding up, and that very little. You know, I look at the the top components, and I just had a, a just a smidgen of green, and it was it was in the tech sector. So yes. can the tech sector lead us today. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've been buying spy most of the morning for the simple reason is that so obviously heavy tech, you know, weighted uh, the biggest components. If you look at those, they've actually moved to the green now. Clear rotation here this morning. You are seeing tech hold up fairly well. It's a rare day that you come in the queues or scratch and the spies down half a percent. Usually queues are down more. Today is not the case. We're getting a value to growth rotation led by oil. Oil getting beats here again this morning. Oil stocks getting beats again. And then the banks are getting hit probably because of the European bank weakness that kind of spills over. Um, so so tech here, believe it or not, is seen as a little bit of a safety trade here, at least this morning. It wasn't yesterday, but this morning they're coming in. They're buying the dip in tech. Apple is trading green. Google. When's the Google split? That's got to be coming up. Um, it was trading green. Yes, Actually, it is. It is trading it's the 15th, green now. Dennis. Just to when is it? Mention there. It's the 15th. Oh, my goodness. That's sneaking right up on us. So that's three days away. So maybe that's why Google's going to start to show some relative strength, too. Keep an eye on Google. Again, What's going to matter is the CPI tomorrow, so everything can change. But as of right now, at least this morning, tech's showing a little bit of life. Yeah, there. They, what are the rumors out that it's going to be super hot now, and the White House is defending it? I mean, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of the back and forth. Do we have any? Do we have any fatheads speaking today to, to make things <laughs> a little bit more convoluted? At least from what I know, that's, that's a no, but you never know really when they come on. They they love to, to definitely point to the inflation down downside, you know, hidden inflation. That's what most of them are talking about. We'll see what happens there. Let's take a look at an uphill battle, and I'm going to call it an uphill battle because we're going to have to bike our way out of this. And Peloton coming in with some news. Uh, they're exiting their own manufacturing and expanding partnership with a leading Taiwan manufacturing. So pretty much they're saying we're going to go third uh, party here to kind of adjust here. And, and the big thing is a focus, right? They're trying to get uh, kind of some of their supply chain simplified and optimize its cost structure here. And it's up about 9% there on that news. Showing life, so oversold. I mean, is this a zero? It very well might be. Not going to say, and I've been bearish Peloton for a long, long time if you've been listening to the show. Um, it's good news that it's bouncing here this morning. The problem is there's just so much overhead supply. Like you think, okay, if this bounces near 10, you have everybody who bought it in the last there two weeks. It's like, yeah. and then you get above there and you got more bag holders. It's just bag holders everywhere in the stock. And they're scrambling. I mean, it's desperation move. Let's cut cut expenses not make our own bikes let's outsource it they can make it cheaper over there i mean this is desperation moves for desperate times um obviously peloton the buzz is over the covid you know buzz that they had is over i don't see what picks it up out of the gutter you know could it get a little 20 percent rally yeah anytime these stocks you know have had 20 percent rallies lots of them but i mean those have all been selling opportunities so you get this morning you get another little seven percent rally and you're like is this the rise back to 20 30 50 i'm gonna say it's not i think you get a rise maybe get to 10 it's a logical stopping point maybe you get a little bit above there it's never easy on the shorts but then the slow death by a thousand cuts comes back in and you get seller bag holders cutting losses cutting losses getting out and Obviously, they're just taking, realizing losses and just moving on. I mean, every time you get a rally in this thing, just bag holders selling. Uh, timing of this is impeccable uh, because uh, <laughs> you know, got within twenty cents of the uh, of the of the low of the move, closes on the low. Like, hey, let's come out with some, uh, you know, with some good news, uh, and not even near yesterday's high. So look at that. 1011 was yesterday's high. 1012, you're low on Friday. So you got a bunch of people. I mean, it's not it's 40 cents away from 10. So keep an eye on that. 1011 yesterday's high. 1021 two-day close. So 
I mean, it's going to take it's going to take some heavy lifting. This has probably already exceeded its average daily range right now, too, because it's been consolidating. So that is a look at Peloton. Lots of people still waiting around for somebody to buy Peloton. I've been correct on this as well. When those rumors broke, remember, on the stock rally yep, at 35 and $38. Yep. And I had 500 Twitter messages because I came out during those rumors. And I said, I believe this is just another selling opportunity and I would be selling the stock. And I said, nobody is buying them, in my opinion, at this price. And everybody was just saying, you're nuts. And it's going to Amazon's going to come buy them. I've been proven correct on that. That tweet, those 500 people who tweeted at me are all wrong. Uh, I don't know how she did it, but Emily bought one and then uh, 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 broke even on selling it. I don't know how. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. Yep. These things, I was thinking about buying one because you can go and buy one on Kijiji, which is, uh, do you have Kijiji in the States? Kijiji. Never heard of it. That's no. Canadian, Kijiji. like little that's like Wish? eBay. Is it's that like, like Canadian it's like Canadian. Wish? No, it's like Canadian local <laughs> eBay. So everybody, but if you go on there or even eBay or wherever, you can get, pick up these bikes for like five hundred bucks now. So like used because people are just trying to get rid of them. So I was thinking about buying one. I get on there with you. I don't know Why if not? I can get the. I don't know if I'm going to get the service or whatever. I'll tell you but... one thing. We might be able to bring it back. Dennis Dick, Joe Conan, all yeah, in the Pel- same. Getting, I'm buying the used one, so they don't get any revenue from me buying the the, the one off of Kijiji. Well, you need eBay. the subscription. Yeah, I need a subscription. Let's move on, guys. Let's move on. Joel, that Joel's getting upset. <laughs> All right, let's go to Rivian here. Let's go and talk about what's going on in Rivian. Shares are trading lower amid overall marketing weakness. Also reporting the company is going to cut 5% of its workforce, hearing more and more layoffs mentioned. Um, they did want to state, though, that jobs are limited to non-manufacturing roles. Uh, so keep this one on your radar. And also kind of just to mention um, what's going on and also in EV, uh, there is also a Walmart headline uh, to purchase 4,500 canoe electric delivery vehicles to be used for last mile deliveries in support of the growing e-commerce business. Uh, but let's first take a look at Rivian, then we'll dive into Walmart. Um, it's just valuation for me on Rivian, which I still can't stick it in the long-term account because valuation is still nosebleed. Um, the one thing to say, and this could be a good conversation here, Mitch, is there's going to be some winners in EV. There is going to be some companies that come out and like make some solid money. There's going to be not Tesla. Tesla's still going to be the D1, but there's going to be, you know, some other EV players that are going to actually survive and actually turn into thriving businesses here. I don't know if it's Rivian. I don't know if it's Lucid. I don't know if it's Fisker. I don't think it's Lordstown because the stock is a buck. Uh, but there's going to be some winners and there's going to be a lot of bankrupt EV companies. I don't know which ones are which. Um, you know, Rivian's obviously got a good name. Looks like a pretty good product. It could be one of the one, winners. One, one, one product. I mean, they don't sell very many of. I, I mean. And they will. There's sell more. The biggest issue for all of these little EV makers is that the big EV makers are coming, and that's Toyota, and that's Honda, and that's GM, and that's Ford. And we, in 10 years, are going to be looking at EVs everywhere and have so much choice as a customer. So it's hard to just say, oh, yeah, we're going to jump into the Rivian, everybody's going to buy Rivians, or everybody's going to buy Tesla. Competition is going to get intense here very, very soon. I mean, the Ford Lightning are starting to get delivered. So yeah, I, I believe I, I want to throw in a comment there. Um, I've been watching the EVs and one of the things that I've been noticing is the tax credit, right? GM, Toyota, and now Tesla do not have that tax credit. I think that's going to be an important thing to focus on. They're going to need it, right? Because let's just be honest, if you can get 7,500 off of a Ford EV and then you're looking to the left and you're not going to get that discount on the GM, would you be going for that gm no i'm going for that ford lightning then um so keep this on your radar that's why i like ford over gm in the long term but it's what you guys like i don't know joel which one do you think like it, we got you almost have to it's hard to like some like you were saying Mitch, you could buy a basket of these yeah things, i would you know? say but a the basket. problem is there's going to be some a lot of zeros in that basket so it's hard for I, me to I, just... I, I don't i wouldn't say zeros i think there's going to be some losers and there's going to be some winners a yeah. lot of these companies have a lot of money that they've built up so i don't think they're going away anytime soon no but i i think you have an ability of 
getting these at a discount, right? I don't think that we're going to have an EV wave until maybe 2024 or 2025. That's when you're supposed to see a lot of these LIDARs get the autonomous correct. And I think uh, that is going to play into it. We need the narrative to go back to EV. Right now is not the time. But in the long-term sense, if you're looking out a year or two, this could be an opportunity. I'm a huge believer in EV. I just don't know who the winners are going to be. Um, some people saying lithium. I mean, that is yes. an obvious winner. I of mean, course. that's something that's not going away. I own LTHM. I've sold a lot of it, but I still own a piece. I had LAC for a while. I could get talked into playing it that way. Again, it's valuation there too. So you got to do your homework. You got to look at valuation. Obviously, ALB is probably the you know, Al- Albermill Merrill, if I never say that name right, but ALB. Hey um $199 it's come off the highs it's probably the value play for lithium but it's not a pure play <laughs> so you want the pure plays it's LTHM LAC um problem is LAC is burning cash Man. so I mean we need to get these things profitable they w- I think they will be profitable I think the lithium is a good way to play it mm-hmm. you just got to pick your ones and there's not as much choice there so I like ALB um I don't think the valuation's crazy but Again, if we're going to a recession, these stocks are still going lower. So I yeah, mean, I that's think, the biggest issue. I think you just have to have that long-term outlook, maybe build a portfolio that you're looking for in the future. Of course, you want to allocate the right amount of capital here. You got to determine what that right amount of capital is for some risky assets looking forward to maybe two or three years out. I think this is an important thing to do. Also, it's not always just looking for the short term. What is going to come And a lot of people say is go where the puck is going, right? Not where it is. To me, I think the puck is going towards these EVs, charging infrastructure, um, autonomous plays, LIDAR plays, keep these on watch. But let's check out Walmart now and GeoEV. Just real quick on this. We just, we really lack the infrastructure, really. I mean, come on. Yes. I mean, in order order for like, I mean, driverless cars, whatever that, you know, let's, that's whatever, how far away. But what about, you know, the EV stations? I mean, how many mm-hmm. of those, I mean, do you see around here? How far can you go? You know, I mean, some of the, you know, the batteries traveling, I think, I don't know. I I used to think it was closer and remember t- talking to Michelle Krebs and everything and mm-hmm. she disagreed. I, I just, I mean, you know, I don't want to put a, a timestamp on my uh, lifetime, but I just, you know. I think you're buying these stocks. I mean, Tesla had its run. I'm buying these smaller companies that are bleeding cash and going to be coming up against Ford and GM. I mean, I don't know. It's- I think there's. I think the majority of them, so I shouldn't say there's some winners and some losers. I think the majority of them are going to be losers. There's just too many of them. So that's the biggest issue. And if they're buying the ones that are out of buck, the market's kind of already spoken to a certain extent. Tesla's your big winner. It's still going to be your big winner. Tesla is not going away. There's no Tesla Q people, um, you know. But the valuation on Tesla is still very extreme. Tesla came down three, four hundred bucks. Would I buy it? Maybe. I mean, again, it's just you know valuation for me. But I mean, you look at there's a, a lot of other plays. We just gave you you know three lithium plays. I think ALB is a safe play. Fairly confident that's not a zero. LTHMLAC more pure plays. A little more speculative, but uh, I own the LTHM. You can buy yep, the LIT, too. which is, you know, um, its biggest holding is ALB in the, in the LIT. So there is ETFs out there to take um, advantage of that as well. But some of these smaller ones, like, you know, the, and, and again, you know, we pick on ride a lot. But I mean, when a stock goes from $30 to a buck, the market's kind of speaking that this stock's in tough. So you don't want to just go into the gutter and buy all the ones that are at a dollar and make a portfolio of those ones. I'd avoid anything under five bucks. Because the market's kind of already starting to speak. We'll see. Uh, let's take a look at Walmart and GeoEV, which is really ripping off of that Walmart news. So uh, if you guys want to take a look at that, that's a cheaper name, but definitely ripping. Um, that's Wh- which stock is that, Mitch? Walmart. That's Cano. Um, What's the symbol on that? I don't even know. GeoEV. Yeah, Eight it's cool. out of my space. When they're under two bucks, I take them. No, it's it's a, well, it's now above two bucks. Well, it's four bucks. It's a guy's <laughs> It's four. Now it's four, Dennis. It might be on your radar now. Bag holder central again. When these things get to five, and this should be in our book if we ever write it too. When stocks go two, three, four, when they get to five, Kenny Click plays this strategy too. 
there's a wall of resistance up there. One, that's where the stocks become marginal, but it's where a lot of optionality can come in for the stocks. Big whole number. Um, five was a natural level of support. So it's the natural thought process of resistance. Um, so, you know, maybe there's room to five on this, but I wouldn't be chasing it. I think there's going to be bag holders coming in here again and lining up at five to sell and, and possibly even hitting the bids when we open here. So it's difficult to come into these stocks for 20, 30, $40 and they go from two to five. They're not probably going from five to 10 nearly as easily. So, I mean, I'd stay away from all of this stuff. Any of them under five, I don't want any of them. Uh, always on this kind of move, you look you look through the pre-market high. You need follow through through the pre-market high. Fourth, that stands at 431. And I wouldn't get too excited if it got to 431. I'd see what want to happen at uh, 441. Uh, that was your May 9th high. So keep an eye on that big move. Five. Oh boy. It's traded good volume though. So I mean, if this, you know, if you're if you're just like this thing's ripping, this thing's going to six, and you buy it. Off the hop, you don't even want to see it under four bucks. I mean, you just want to see it just get bid and just start lifting offers. Because if this starts to turn, I mean, a little run up into this too. Huh. I wonder who got the memo on this one. Look at the one, two, three, four days yesterday. It was a little bit flat. But uh, considering everything that's been going on in the market and, you know, just the way, that, that's a big move for the stock, you know people buying let's see if they, they take some profits on this one this this these are plays that have been working very well to to sell the, ring the register. Yeah, yeah to ring the register and 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 i know we don't like you know a lot of people think shorting is flat out evil obviously we short stocks you know on this show um i trade market neutral so i'm always long short these are the kind of stocks that the shorts will pick on on these pops, and they've been getting paid in 2022 by shorting these pops as well. I don't know. There's a, it's not easy shorting stocks. I've said that before. You know, you short a 412 here right now, and things five dollars in your face. Then what? So I mean, it's it's difficult to just make calls on the short side. But with that being said, I'd rather be short the stock than long the stock here. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to Gap here. Gap CEO stepping down. President Sonia Signal uh, stepping down effective immediately. The apparel retailer announced on Monday. Wells Fargo stepping in this morning, downgrading Gap to equal weight, lowering its price target to $10. And also Gap putting out guidance here. Gap now anticipates Q2 fiscal 2022 adjusted operating margin percentage to be zero to slightly negative. And says it's going to continue to navigate the margin headwinds. Tough company. Not even tough stock, just tough company. And I cannot understand, I couldn't understand it last year, who in the hell was paying $30 a share for this dying brand. Got down to $5 in April 2020. It was like $14 before that. And then in 2020, when that stupidity just ran, uh, just ran around rampant, People are paying $35 for this stock. It got up to $37.63. What a selling opportunity for a dying brand. And now you're back down here at eight. CEOs trying to turn it around. Can't do it. So many better places in retail to be. This is not going to be a turnaround story, in my opinion. And I think the GPS continues to get the death by a thousand cuts. Yep. Trading on the lows of the pre-market session, you do have three lows in this area. If you're so inclined, 816, 817, 818, that was from the end of June, early July. I have seen Gap do some weird things before on, on bad earnings reports, just kind of turn around and flip. Oh, but, it could. Uh, yeah. Anything can happen in one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. But it just, just keep an eye on that one. You know, if if you breach that, you go under eight bucks, you know, and then catch a bid at seven ninety. But uh, right now, it's at those lows, and no one's stepping up to the plate, so things are not looking for good for the gap. Uh, you don't want to know what the next monthly low. Next monthly low comes in at six fifty four. I don't think we will see that today. We'll see if uh, Gap can turn around their business. They're definitely struggling at the moment. Let's go towards Pepsi. Pepsi earnings coming in, not looking too bad here. Earnings per share at a dollar and eighty-six cents adjusted versus a dollar seventy-four. 
cents expected. Revenue was at 20.23 billion versus 19.51 billion expected. And the company's margin shrank as it faced higher freight and commodity costs during the quarter. Uh, CEO Roman Lagata said in prepared remarks that Pepsi is accelerating its cost management and using mis- mix and assortment solutions. So smaller size for its priority packs. Um, it also raised uh, full year 2022 revenue growth. The company now expects to deliver 10% organic revenue growth versus the previous guidance of 8% in the fiscal year 2022. Um. Good report. Stocks got a lot. I mean, we're right near all time highs. I know. Can you? This has been a strong stock. Oh, and it's defensive. So it, it makes sense. You know, this is where they hide. The money manager's been hiding back right into the stuff. The stuff got hit last month. They hide. I just can't jump and buy anything at an all time high in this environment. And I mean, it's good report. Margins are getting squeezed a little bit there. It's funny. Joe Kernan was interviewing the Pepsi CEO and he. Joe Kernan does ask some tough questions sometimes. He's asking about, there was an article about being less chips in the Doritos bag. And he went around it a little bit, you know, kind of just avoided it. But then he said, you know, over the years that they have, you know, and they have basically put less chips in the bags. He basically said it. I mean, we all know that you, you open the freaking bags now and the little, the little chips, you know, you get the little bags of chips. There's like six chips in there. I mean, it's ridiculous. Shrinkflation existed 20, you know, it's existed for decades, you know, and that's the way the hidden inflation has been there. Now we have flat out inflation. So, I mean, if you were paying, you know, if we did a per chip, you know, calculation of what we're paying compared to what we were paying 20 years ago, it's astronomically more. So, I mean, but that's nothing to do with the stock price. Pepsi still got a very solid business recession somewhat you know, more recession proof than a lot of other businesses, which is why people are flocking into these stocks again. But I just don't want to buy stocks at all time highs. I'm just, it's not the market for it. Yeah. And pop, the initial pop took this to, to 173.24. You backed off a little bit. If, if, and I'll put a capital I on that. If you can get up there, there's got to be some paper stacked at 174. 173.87. That was your May 18th high. And then you can see your other daily highs in here. Definitely um exceeding its average daily range right now, uh being up two and a half bucks. But uh let's see. See if it can punch through. Uh if you want looking for more, take out that pre-market high, punch through, test 174, or else I look for this to uh, uh roll over. Um support. Not too bad. Well, we're we're at uh, wow, one seventy two eighty. Wow, this had a really weak close. So actually, you're just opening into a double top now, huh? That's interesting. As I say, if you're buying this thing off the open, you want to see this thing get bid above one seventy three and hold because it's opening right into a double top. And you get into that one seventy five or one seventy six area. Maybe too. I mean lots it, of resistance in here. Yep, I agree. And Coke, Coke's not. I mean, they they're you know. We're not really moving off this kind of quiet three highs in a row with coke at 63.50 but that's 70 cents away for that all right well this definitely started kicking off the earnings season now pay pay attention guys later in the week uh tomorrow before open we'll be getting delta airlines so that'll start with the airlines and then thursday we get into the banks so pay attention to that of course it's going to be on a lot of people's radar and of course on wednesday uh, none other than the CPI data. It's going to be on everybody's radar. It's the day. The CPI data is uh, going to dictate the next big move. So that's what everybody's going to be waiting for is the 830 number. So be jockeying ahead of that. It was an ugly sell-off yesterday. Obviously, risk off. We know there was rumors flying around that the CPI data is going to be hot. And that was really driving you know price action, especially overnight here, um, You know, knocking them down again. So... Um, rumors that's going to be hot. Mitch thinks it's going to be hot. I thought it was going to be light and, you know, maybe I'm, and obviously maybe I'm wrong. I don't know who knows. Nobody really knows until we see the actual number. Uh, but again, setting up the scenarios, if this thing shows a nine on it, I think the market gets hammered. It shows low eights. I think the fed plan starting to work in the market. One scenario, one scenario. And, and we have it discussed. Is it just, you know, this doesn't come out exactly the way they want, right? Mm-hmm. But 
there starts to be a lot of hope for the you know for the next month. That's what it, I'm, it, I'm yeah, on the side so, of that camp. Yeah, because Mitch is talking, you know, that that you know when they they take this data, uh, and that that could be a possible. I mean, you know, so, a lot of times this market finds a a silver lining, but uh, well, 2021 we did. I'm not so sure. 2022. What's the opposite of a silver lining? You know, like you have good news and they always just sell them off. What's the opposite of that? Hmm. Chat, what's the opposite of silver line? Is there a word for it? Like black lining? That was opposite. I was, that's it. I was, uh, lead balloon? Crypto lining? (laughs) We're going to leave that with the chat. I wonder what the Uh, opposite is. I'll tell you what. Maybe 2022 has been the opposite of silver lining. Maybe we ask Craig Johnson. Craig Johnson, I think, will have uh, an opinion, definitely. He's going to be coming on up in a short second. So everyone in the chat, smash up that thumbs on up. They say it's Let's dark clouds going. Uh, dark cloud? Yeah, dark, dark cloud. Doesn't too many people too saying dark clouds. So that must be it. 2022 has been the year of the dark cloud. I mean, I've never heard that one. We learned okay. something just from our well, chat. Our chat's this, smart. There's a dark cloud today on, of course, Bill Ackman canceling Pershing Square SPAC. Uh, Pershing Square uh, Holdings was returning the $4 billion of capital to shareholders as they've yeah. been unable to get a suitable transaction. Looks like he's no longer Bill Spackman, at least. I, I bought this thing a while ago just because it was trading under par, and I was like, I got like a free look to the upside. I mean, if you buy something cool, the stock, the the SPAC could pop, and if it doesn't, you know, and, and remember the, the good really old days, owned. Dennis. Remember the yeah, good old days. Yeah, but it was days? It was Ackman. So all I was doing was sitting around waiting, and maybe he's going to come out with something cool. Obviously, it's not the case. He couldn't find anything cool enough, so he's giving me my money back. I actually bought I think 1985, so I'm actually still going to make money on it. So um, it's 2008 here this morning. I will sell it today. So um, just ring the register. I believe it gets redeemed to 2005. Interesting that if it's 2008, when it's getting redeemed to 2005. But um, I don't totally understand that. But it's this funny market. PSTH, the warrants, uh, says right in the press release, will expire worthless. They've still got worth right now at 18 cents, which is always interesting, too. I guess even things that are going to expire worthless don't go straight to zero. Yeah, I wonder um, why. Yeah, so that's PSTH.WS. But he couldn't find a deal, so he's just giving the money back. So um i guess i'll take my money back good good move by him yeah well i mean he, he tried right he tried to this is not the environment yeah it's not the environment it's uh, not the spec we're uh, not in 2021 the bubble anymore. popped man and when the bubble, the bubble pops, popped it's, never it's no longer back. fun man it was fun for a little while i really fun Dennis. We Dennis had so was, much fun mitch we Dennis had so much fun banking, Spacks attack you <laughs> and catchy we were making we, we were it was fun i made some money on some spacks it was fun Hey, speculative bubbles, they're fun while they last, and yeah. then of always they come uh, coming back to realization. I think we saw that in a lot of stocks, not just in SPACs, we saw it in IPOs, yeah. and we saw it in the meme stocks. Um, which which are holding up a little bit. I don't know if you've been seeing GME and, and AMC. They hold up. They don't go They're away. They're holding up, man. And they don't I, go away. GME and AMC are their own animal, and they just hold up. I mean, it, it, hold up is a relative term because AMC was obviously fifty dollars, and you know it's fourteen. But still, holding up. Fifty. I mean, it was over seventy. Seventy and and GME. How high did GME get? Joel, you sold the top, didn't you? I sold the top <laughs> closing price. I did not wow. sell that. Four eighty three. That got to holy, just yeah. silly. Pattern. And that was it, it. The day before is when I got out on the close at three fifty. And then I'm like, I looked at it in the morning. And I'm like, oh my god, four twenty. What a oh, what a horrible sale. And then uh, boom, <laughs> boom. GME. I was just sick of saying having to say I owned a piece of crap on my show, but oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm gonna get Dennis. Um, oh yeah, I don't call Jim. I'm gonna that. get there, Dennis. Yeah, a thousand people message you and be like, "What are you talking about?" Nah, I'm you're coming for you. I'm Dennis. coming for you, Joel. They come for you, Dennis. <laughs> All right, actually, uh, we can't be... more GMA. We might say something negative. No, yeah, I got right. you. I'll say something I don't positive need the hate here. Today. Let me finish with the positive. I am gonna be speaking to what I would call an AMC expert later on today, oh. uh, Matt Kors. If you guys don't know who Matt Kors is, yeah, come on over Matt. to Stock Market Movers. So I'm gonna be having him on later today. Oh, cool. So we'll take a look. Say hi to Matt. We touch it. We we don't got no problem touching AMC and GME. We'll definitely touch it later. Let's dive into our interview today. Let's dive on in. I know that you guys are excited. I saw the chat mentioned a couple times. 
Let's go down in here. Craig Johnson, Managing Director and Chief Market Technician at Piper Sandler. Let's bring him on. How are we doing, Craig? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys? Doing excellent. Ready to dive and talk about the markets. Joel, take lead. What do you want to ask? Yeah, well, a uh, little interaction with Craig a few weeks ago when we hit that 30, uh, 3,600. And I know he'd been talking about 3,500. And... Uh, it got a little away from us. Uh, are you still looking us to go back and, and retest that area, get to that 3,500, and then you're going to explain to us the magic formula to get back to all-time highs by the end of the year? You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, before I go into that, you know, what's the opposite of a silver lining? I mean, for me, it's like a lead balloon, right? Like this thing has got the glide path of a lead balloon, right? But, you know, it's just my perspective. That's good, too. Lead balloon. A couple of people in the chat said that one, too. Dark cloud lead balloon. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So here's here's my thinking on the market, you know, simplistically. Um, when I want to share my screen. If go I for it. There's a plus there at the bottom. Okay. Where everyone's already asking about it. Look. I love Craig's shared screens. <laughs> Someone said in the chat, they know what you bring. They know you bring the fire, Craig. Yeah, we uh, we bring that up now. Let me move this over here. No worries. And now you can see my chart of the S and P five hundred, right? Yes, so, we got it. There we mean, go. If we simplistically look at this, it was very clear we made a left, a head, a right shoulder. This is mm -hmm. classic technical analysis one hundred and one. Head and shoulders top. We've now entered a declining price channel. We broke the neckline right here. The measured objective, uh, Joel, is still 3,500 from our perspective. I think the price action we've seen over the last week and change is really just that, a relief rally. Why? The breadth of the market is absolutely horrendous at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I look through Not my great. work, I look through my work, when I look through every single stock above a 25 million market cap and a $2 price, I will just tell you as I look at this, how do you feel about a market where 9.6% of our 406 industry groups are above a 40-week moving average? Or if you think about it from an individual stock perspective, I will tell you that literally right now, out of close to 5,000 stocks, 16% are above a 200-day moving average. I mean, the breadth is absolutely terrible. And that's why when I come back and I look at this chart, I continue to think we got to get a further washout here. And, uh, you know, Dennis, you were talking about the CPI number earlier. I think you're spot on correct. If this is going to have a nine handle, the market's going to be unhappy and they're going to price in probably another 25 or 50 basis points of uh, rate increases uh, as you get into September or into the fall months. And I think if you got an 8.6 or lower, I think the market's going to be happy and the peak uh, inflation narrative continues to sort of catch uh, catch fire. Um, but it's interesting, though, the consensus has been slowly moving up yeah. to 8.8% right now. So it's going to be a really interesting number. It's kind of uh, uh, probably a do nothing today today, to be honest yeah. with you, ahead of that CPI number. Yeah, because it's what matters. I mean, it's going to dictate the next move. So it's hard to like just trade something technically when all of a sudden, you know, that CPI number comes out and we get a hot one. We're going down. We get, you know, light and, you know, like low eights and this market could really catch some steam. So it's Absolutely. what matters. A absolutely. A hundred percent. Now, 
Joel, you asked the question, how am I getting to 47.75 by year end? Um, a couple of observations that I would make. One, with the breath measures that we look at being so low, being so bad at this point in time, literally, I haven't seen numbers this low, well, pretty much only about 10 times since 1987. Wow. And when these breath measures get this low, there is this sort of spring back that occurs when you finally do get some positive news. And that is what I'm sort of looking for as we get into uh, deeper into the third quarter, deeper into the fourth quarter for that ultimately to play out. I think, you know, if I look at the macro work that we're doing here at Piper, you know, I think this recession narrative is sort of getting pulled forward. And I think we're going to get to a point in time here when companies start reporting these lowered uh, numbers and lowered forward guidance that these stocks are going to start to go up. And when they do, that's going to be a good indication to all of us that now is the time to really start to, uh, you know, invest on the long side again. And then the other thing, too, is I keep watching how far below a 200-day moving average the S&P trades. And right here in June, we got to be 20% below a 200-day moving average. Guys, that's only happened like four times going all the way back to like 1970. Wow. And that usually and leads us to a pretty good entry point. Only one time have we gotten close to 30. And that was a great financial crisis. And I don't think that's where we're at. I don't think we're in a great financial crisis. I don't see Bear Stearns blowing up. I don't see those financial institutions having to be forcefully merged. Remember that, you know, from back then? Oh, yeah. I don't see any of those things happening right now. To me, this is a recession. We're already in it. I think as soon as we figure out uh, when this is going to be closing or coming to an end, stocks have already bought and we started moving higher. But the Atlanta uh, GDP now numbers are already suggesting a negative 2% uh, GDP. So put that together with the first quarter, you're already in the recession. It's a good All point, right. Craig. I want to go back to something you just said, and I'm completely on the same page here about, you know, we're coming into earnings season. It's going to be interesting. Some of these, there is going to be some lower guides. We've already seen a few of them. It's the response to those lower guides that I'm interested in as well, because we've seen Micron come out and they lowered guides significantly. But hey, you know, the stock actually bottomed that day and started to turn around. So we already saw one company do exactly what you're looking for. Can there be some more of these coming into this earnings season where they lower the guide and hey, then they buy the stock anyways? Absolutely. I think every management team you know, in, in, around the world is is watching what happened with Micron. Watch what happened with Dick Sporting Goods uh, the prior quarter. It's like, this is a confessional market. Come to the confession. Confess Ooh, that you're not going to hit your numbers. You're not going to uh, see your forward guidance come through. And a lot of investors are saying, wow, that's a de-risk scenario. I'm going to buy that stock because they've already come and confessed that their numbers have been reset. I think you're going to need a lot more of that because companies are seeing that their stocks are not getting materially uh, damaged for long periods of time once they come to the confessional. All right, Craig, I'm going to jump in here now. If we are getting kind of that bottoming action, what do you think will lead us back on the way up? Should we be watching healthcare? Should we be watching technology sector? What do you think leads us on the way back up? Well, a couple things. Uh, first, I think, uh, well, I think we put out a note the other week. We think biotech stocks have bottomed. Okay. When we go back and we look at things like, you know, when I go back and I look at things like the XBI, let me just close this. When I look at things like the XBI, I think some of these, these things have already started to reverse the downtrends and they look pretty constructive in here. Made a double bottom on your daily chart. And if you want to go back and look for real confirmation, look at this. Go all the way back into here, and I didn't draw that perfectly, but this is like the fourth time we've come back and you know found the support level. So I think you're going to get these long-dated assets start to work as the Fed's teeth start to have an impact on inflation and 10-year bond yields start to come down. So look for stocks like biotech stocks to do well. Look for some of the SaaS and software names. I mean, look at some of these charts like, MongoDB as an example. I mean, clearly 
we're starting to reverse some of these downtrends. Look at things like Vive uh, as another example. Okay, reversing the downtrends. Yeah. Um, another example would be Snow. Again, all these things have been crushed off of their highs, but there's some pretty good business models here, and they're starting to turn on the charts. This is what I think will lead. We're on the line with Craig Johnson. He's the managing director, chief market technician at Piper Sandlin. Uh, Craig, when back on when we had you on during the dark days, right? Uh, during COVID, and you, we talked a lot about stocks, and I particularly remember you talking about like the cruise lines in the mm -hmm. travel stocks and the chance for recovery in those, you know, showing a strong consumer. Are you making that call this time on this turnaround or are you, are you staying away? No, I am not making that call because I think a lot of these cruise lines have uh, respectfully taken on a lot of water to stay afloat. I mean, they've added a lot of debt to their balance sheets. And if you look at these charts, you know, we're right back to where we were at these sort of uh, pandemic lows. They were a great trade off of these lows. But when you came back and you broke that uh, uptrend right here back in about June of 21, and now all we've done is put in a series of lower lows and lower highs since, I don't think you come back to these uh, companies. I mean, whether it's Carnival, whether it's Royal, that's a challenge. And I'm just getting a little worried about some of these airlines now, too. They're doing the yeah. same thing. And by the way, the news headline this morning that uh, Heathrow has said they're only going to service 100,000 customers a day, and they're telling the airlines that they should stop selling tickets for summer travel is unbelievable. Wow. I mean, the cruise lines, you just get scared, and I've said this on the show for the past couple of weeks, is like it's like the perfect storm for them where you got higher <laughs> fuel costs, increased debt load. You've got a consumer that's you know getting a little bit strapped you know, for – for cash and then you've got employee and labor costs probably labor going cost, up on yep. them too it's hard to find the bullish scenario for the cruise lines it and and just from a financial perspective they've taken on a lot of debt yeah. to to be able to weather through the complete shutdown of their business craig putting the charts aside here right um you know we have a geopolitical situation we have things you know we're, we're in a we're in a very uh um, extreme time here. Um, charts can't incorporate, you know, the, the geopolitical aspects. So, under your scenario, I mean, just let the war in the in the Ukraine go, and China's going to behave itself and everything. I mean, is it kind of, you know, the scenario that you're talking about? Is it just kind of ignoring the geopolitical factors that we have out there? Well, I, I think people are sort of perhaps looking ahead. And they recognize that perhaps there's more gridlock coming in Washington. Um, I think there is, uh, again, consensus expectations that um, there's going to be a, a red uh, sort of wave that will be coming in November. And if you're going to have more of a gridlock in Washington, less is going to get done. And uh, that leads to certainty, meaning that we know that certain policies, certain things aren't going to get passed. And typically the markets have worked well under that sort of scenario. Okay. All right. Uh, one other question on non-market related here. Sure. Uh, do you, do you work out in the middle of the day? I do not. I, uh, I like to go uh, after work. I think when markets are open, we should have our butts in seats. Well, what's What are those things in the back there on the right? They look like they're, Pulleys oh. or so yes, you are correct. But I will not, <laughs> I will not go to the gym. Okay. Day, but I do back there in the corner. I do have uh, a couple fans. When it's one yeah. of those, you kind of you make your bet, you make your trade, you stand up, and maybe you do a little arm workout. Love it. Okay. Love All it. right. So Great. I wasn't too off on that one. Oh, Joel no. spots everything. You can't get anything past Joel, even in the corner of and your this screen. Is, this, this is this couch is where you know people come in and they sit down, and it's like it's like a confessional. They sort of <laughs> and they need a little therapy along the way. Um, they sit down on the couch. Hey, well, uh, I guess that couch is going to have to be open to others. I think we got to get into Piper Sanders to get into that couch. But also, I can see you, Craig, doing a little flexing while you just made a little flex trade. Why not? 
can't go wrong with that. Uh, have a great Dude. one, Craig Johnson, Managing Director, Chief Market Technician at Piper Sandler. Thank you for joining us today, like always. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, Craig. And this market's still still climbing the wall of worry here this morning. Uh, we've gotten back half of the losses from that overnight decline. So uh, continued, uh, you know, continued bid here into yeah. the market going into the nine o'clock hour. That the tech, the tech, yeah. let us down yesterday. It's leading us, us out back. today. Yep, leading us. I, out I today. mean, this is very, very, very clear. Um, in what is in it, it was clear an hour and a half ago. And sometimes you come in and you're like, you can't get a feel for what it is. Today is like I came in, I saw Spy trading down 0.8%. And I'm like, how? I'm like, Apple is almost green. I'm like, Google's mm -hmm. trying to go green. I'm like, you can see the strength in some of these things. And I'm like, I'm buying SP, I'm buying Spy. And I've been buying Spy from 7 to 8 a.m. I was just buying Spy because I'm like, I can see what's happening here and you know I'm getting and I obviously paid for it as well um, because Apple's continue to move higher Microsoft's green so clear day where they were buying the weakness and the overnight weakness in tech very early money managers get to their desk and coming in and buying tech stocks and obviously the opposite happening here where you're seeing value stocks not participate as much uh, spinner making a great point tlt starting to show a little bit of strength hey, here obviously that, days, yeah. we know there's an inverse correlation between tlt and the banks you've got to watch that as well right now the banks are really taking leads and and from europe as well though so, I mean, when you see Deutsche Bank making new lows, automatically you're like, okay, your U.S. banks are probably going to show some relative weakness. So, I'm all about the relative strength, the relative weakness, the little tells. I mean, why I make money fairly consistently on a day trading basis is that I'm looking at little tells. You know, where maybe, you know, I'm up earlier than the average money manager and I'm trying to get a tell from, you know, what I'm looking at. You know, I got 200 stocks on my screen. Where are the pockets of green? What is the strength? When you see Apple getting killed and Microsoft getting killed, you're like, it's going to be a rough day because they're just such heavy weights in the S&P. But when you see those stocks holding up better than the overall market, and it's a rare day where you see the Qs green and the S&P red, it's, the, they, the, the Qs usually will lead just because it's such a tech-driven market, at least in the U.S. It's such a tech-driven market. So, um, so yeah, you've got to use those tells, you know, and that's how I get an edge, you know, on my day trading. And that's how I make money on a fairly consistent basis. I was like, like, why, like, why are we down? You know, what, like, what, you know, what, you know, China, yep. there wasn't really a China harpoon. There wasn't, you know, and I just saw the, the little smidge of the green and I'm, you know, on the tech stocks and then you uh, making the call there. I will alert our traders, investors here that, uh, Pepsi is starting to lose its fizz a little bit here. Uh, looking, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we haven't done a lunch bet in a while, but well, I know you won't take this. I won't take it. I'm on the same side as the <laughs> seller of the pop. Yeah, look I mean, at all the not, puns we got going today. When I seller looked at this thing, when, when, I, when I looked at this thing, and it closed weak, right? And you see that big move; it's up a couple bucks. You think there's going to be a gap fill, right, to come down to the top of the previous day's range? And I'm looking, no, no, we're at uh, the double top there, so it's going to get a little rough sled in there. Uh, so opening. I don't know. Might not even open over 172 now. Mitch, bring us back in. It's 851. We got time for ticker time. We got ticker time for time. lots. We got nine ticker minutes. Let's time. go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's take a look. Um, I think let's take a look at Apple's chart because I think that's going to be an important sure. chart to watch today. Has a nice little setup. Um, I'm starting to see some more bottoming action. You know, if I take away the noise of the overall market and I just try to think of Apple's chart here. It does look to me like it is bottoming a little bit here. I would really like to see a close above 150 to really get more confirmation, but at least just looking at the technicals in my eyes. Let's go back to what Craig Johnson just said, and he pointed out all of these charts like Snowflake and Viva Systems. Um, you know, the stocks, you know, bottomed, and we know that. We've been talking about that for a while. They bottomed back in May. Apple obviously made new lows in June, but again, tech has been relatively holding up relatively well compared to some of you know the other uh, some to the rest of the market really i mean we've seen you know really a value sell-off in the last month like the june sell-off was a value sell-off yes apple's considered a value stock and yes it got hit but you know it was a lot of growth tech stocks and we've been talking about arkk you know it did not breach its may lows that is still holding so 
I mean, I do think there's buyers on dip in tech. And I do think some people look at tech and say, you know, that it's not recession proof, but it does better than some of the cyclicals in a recession. So, and the cyclicals are all value trades. That's why you saw the value trade really come off. So I think I'm a buyer of tech on pullback. I'm long Apple in the long-term portfolio. I've been long it for basically a decade. So I'm, I'm, you know, and I did sell a little piece actually, which, you know, just because it just got too big in my portfolio, but um 145 here 150 is major resistance joel i don't know it's hard uh, to, yeah you guys are hard I, to buy I, things ahead of the cpi though yeah i i don't think you're gonna see 150 i mean even with a good cpi number i think it must be tough to see 150 right now uh just on a really a short-term basis here you're still a buck away from yesterday's mm-hmm. high and if somehow you can get through that, you got major, I'd say major resistance at 148 because you got a pair of highs there. Uh, if I was trying to, honestly, it'd be tough. I mean, if you want to try and buy it today, you can try the close. Uh, that close was at 4487, uh, but you're risking a buck down to 4378. So, uh, very important. One, 148 is my major number for now, ahead of that 150. Keep us going here, Mitch. All right, let's go to stock from the chat here. Let's take, uh, let's do Baba. Baba's been on the downturn now, and the question is, yeah. is this a buy the dip opportunity Ooh. or get the heck out opportunity? Um, what do you guys see? On Very the- ugly day for Baba yesterday. Caught a few people. You know, I was thinking, you know, if it got above 120, it could be into the breakout mode. That breakout became a fake out. So now you think there's people caught. And I mean, sometimes, you know, you make good calls. The key to making money in this market consistently is to minimize the losses on your bad calls. And I think if Baba was to pop back up here, I'd sell him the strength here now because that was an ugly candle yesterday, caught a lot of people. Um, I don't think Baba's is tanking back down to 90 bucks or anything like that. And obviously one headline coming out of China could pop it right back up, but there's still major resistance up at 120. Yeah, hard to, after that big vacuum down day yesterday. Uh, you want to see it stay green, that's for sure. Uh, if we lose the close, uh, 109.33, I think you got a little little bout down to 108.08, and you're a long way from yesterday's high. So tough chart here, and we major trading range got up to that area when it had the first bounce. It came down pretty hard, so I don't know. I don't know if you'll get this in a triple, uh, you know, a double digits or not. Uh, but keep an eye. Make sure you, if you're trying to buy this today, like that one day soft, make sure it holds that low at 109.33. All right, let's go towards uh, interesting stock to talk about. Let's cover. Uh, I just had one, another one. I just got caught on, on another one there. Let's go towards. Let's go Coke. What's going to go happen with Coke now? That well, I mean, that's being dictated by Pepsi here today. So yes. keep an eye on Pepsi. Coke, obviously, lower beta than Pepsi, so it doesn't move around as much. Pepsi starts to, and it is starting to leak here. Yeah. It's not surprising that Coke's starting to show a little bit of weakness here, too. But Pepsi's your tell on Coke. Uh, major seller at 63.50. Uh, you're already about to take out yesterday's low at 62.59. So. I think you'd perhaps get a shot in the lower 62 handle. Let's see a pair of, maybe not today, 62.11, 62.16. But major, major, major seller there at 63.50. Let's go Oracle. Oh, one stock we haven't talked about for a while. Yeah, a that stock that I, I would like to, to before, get. But... It's a stock that I would like to buy on the dip at a certain point in time, and it's held up well. And the earnings were pretty decent. It did leak afterwards because it seemed like everything was selling on good earnings, but now holding up. So, again, it's hard to buy things ahead of the CPI because, you know, if that number comes in hot, everything's going to get the beats. But Oracle's the kind of stock, value tech, um, that I think I would actually like to add on dips. you got a good area of support right now uh, to lean on, at least in the, in the short term. And uh, someone's making a stand at 71. You're currently trading 71.57. Just feels like it's just like there's a bid in here. Right now it's at 71. I don't think this thing is getting away from me on the upside. Uh, last week's high, 72.79, and then uh, another high, right? This is called the, the 71 to 73 seems to be a, a decent range right now. Uh, currently, flat. did it they? Did I? I saw this on Twitter, so I don't know if this is true or not, but do we have anything in pro saying that they're laying off a bunch of people? Oracle? 
Yeah, I saw it on Twitter, so who knows if it's true or not. I, I didn't see that happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the stock doing much off of it, but I'm not saying. That I, I don't know. I there. just saw it on my on my Twitter feed. So we do Shopify. Shop, yeah, do this shop, wow. shop. Where's that? Thirty-two bucks. Just, me... Yeah, you know what? And it's interesting because, like I've said, you know, we've had this, you know, mm. growth holding up fairly well. Shopify has not participated really any of the growth. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's right near the lows, and that scares me a bit. But you have a great support level, so you it's can't a great argue setup with support. There. Yep. $30 is, is support. So you know where your out is. Your out is clearly, clearly defined. Yeah. $29.72. Starts trading $29.50. You got to say I'm wrong and I move on. Um, I could be talked into trying it there, but the relative strength scares me too. And a lot of times, you know, what you see is, you know, stocks start going down and they consolidate and try to look up, but then they continue to move down. So technically it's a little bit tough here because it just didn't participate in the last rally. Now, if we get a good CPI number, like it's light, then Shopify is absolutely going to rip. So, and I think it obviously depends on the CPI number, but the 30 support. 30, I mean, this is, this, this is sorry, Mitch. This is just holding in here. And what's really interesting is that uh, this was support uh, pre COVID right back uh back in october and november of 2019 look at that that three monthly lows there boom three monthly lows in the same area excellent risk reward ratio here if you know if if it can hold that 30 dollars and you get a look on the upside so that's dennis uh, i wanted to ask um how, how close does shop trade with Amazon? Do you ever pair trade those? No, or? It, it, no, and and there was an argument. It, I mean, there's obviously it's tech is tech, so it does. You know, there is a correlation. Yeah, I was there wondering sure. how much the correlation is. There. Yeah, because you got Amazon's moved so much in other businesses as well. So I know Shopify specializes putting companies online. Amazon's so much now, so completely mm -hmm. different animal, in my opinion. I think Shopify got a lot more love than your average tech stock for the simple reason is that it was one of the biggest companies in Canada. And if you're buying tech in Canada, it was if you're a Canadian tech investor and wanted to stay in Canada, Shopify was your stock. So I, I, I don't think there's, you know, there's not a direct correlation there. Tech is tech though. So there's obviously some type of correlation. I don't know. Like I, I'm torn on the shop. The, the valuation is way too high. I think the, it's a fantastic company. I don't think Shopify is a zero. I think at a certain point in time, Shopify is going to be a fabulous buy, but you still look at it and you're still like, it's trading like 65, 75 times earnings still, or maybe even higher than that in an environment that is having multiple contraction everywhere. So it's hard to justify the $30 price tag still, which seems crazy when people were willing to pay 150 last year. Let's go to Gavin here. He wanted to talk about Starbucks. He said, Starbucks, please take a look. They did have uh, some store closure announcers here, or overnight, 18 stores closing. Um, I forget what the reason for that yeah, was. Close but... a lot more than that. <laughs> Joel's not a fan of the Starbucks. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. I'm with Joel. I'm on the. You're with the side. Bros, though. I'm with he's, the Bros. He's with the Bros. It's a dying brand, man. Dying brands. Mitch is all about Bros. I've I never just... been a fan of Starbucks for a long time, but I'm not a coffee drinker. I'd say 80 is massive resistance starting yeah. around off of there and starting to look like it's failing there again. So yeah. I'd be cautious with the buy. But again, CPI is all that matters going forward on all these stocks for, for tomorrow. Uh, just short term here, uh, trading down 35 cents. You got a pair of lows right here at 77.40. Uh, if you're taking a stab there, you got you got to risk at least a buck. 76.54 that's your next daily low uh now with the news out uh look at the look at the close as uh potential resistance that closed from yesterday 77.90 uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna get on out of here uh spoos have climbed the wall of worry here this morning uh back mid-range on the session uh that's a good thing uh see if we could get above yesterday's low at 38.50 so Let's see if this pre-market rally can continue. I'll check in with you guys later on. All right. We'll get Joel on out of here. You guys can stay with Joel and go to pre-market prep plus. Um, did want to stay. I see the chat. I saw a lot of people jumping in late. We did cover the Walmart uh, electric delivery news with uh, Cano. So if you want to check that out, definitely go ahead and rewind the tape. 
you guys could see when we talked about Walmart and GOEV. It'll definitely be on my radar. Full disclosure, I am long on Walmart. Got that swing put on yesterday on live trading. So this is what's coming up next. Come join us on live trading. It feels like we've been having some numbers drop off. I think that you guys should come and check out the community. We definitely have a community that supports each other. And I think that's the important part. How many chat rooms do you see out there where it's competitive towards each other versus trying to support each other? in their trading process. Come on over to live trading. That's going to be up next. Hit the thumbs up before you get on out of here. It seems like we've been dropping on the light game. Please, if you guys appreciated all the coverage we did today, and of course, getting on Craig Johnson, uh, definitely smash up that like. I'll bring you guys on over to live trading. And like always, let's keep going right here on Benzinga. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.